Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who is wondering if there's going to be a little wave. A little tickle. A little baby tickle. We get baby tickles where we live quite a lot of the time. And I tried to surf on a boogie board in it yesterday, and it was about a foot, maybe Mm. half, breaking onto quite hard pebbles. And I attempted to put on proper boogie board fins and do the whole deal. I was riding my little daughter's boogie board, by the way. So bless you, Daisy, I see you bought it the show. Her. It's quite a big board for her, that, Will, that you bought her. Quite. This, that's my trick. <laughs> hey, do you know what the kids really need? I didn't need? think of that. The moment I was buying it for her, because it was a bit more expensive. I think the kids need a round nose fish, 96. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was like, oh, Daisy, I swear you could do with a gun, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you could do with a 7-8 plastic gun up. by Jerry Lopez. You need a step up, babe. But um, I was on her boogie board and next to me, it was the most crazy lineup of the summer. There were two humans next to me. One was just bathing. The other one was boogie boarding. Mm. But the boogie board was two things. One, upside down and <laughs> the wrong way round. <laughs> so me and my mate Ollie, Ollie, if you're listening to the show, big shout out. Me and my mate Ollie were cracking up big time. Then to our right, there was this kid who may or may not have had a condition. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. Screaming at us about two yards from our faces. Like we were going to get a wave and I, oh, oh my God, I, I've almost had a heart attack because he would, <laughs> he would scream at me. He could pop out of the yeah. water and scream. And me and Ollie were joking. We were like, this is the craziest lineup I've been in all summer. And there's me. Who's the kettle calling the pot black? Hey, hey, listen. And I'm like, I've got my wet, I've got my shorty. I tried to take my shorty wetsuit off thinking, oh yeah, I'm a bit too hot now. And then when I went to powder for a wave, <laughs> it acted like a parachute. Oh yeah. And I couldn't catch a fucking thing. So, well, who are you to talk about whether they're holding the bodyboard in the wrong way? Because hey, listen, I've seen the likes of Ben Gravy and Jamie O'Brien taking off backwards and upside down and all sorts. Maybe Correct. they were onto something with Correct. this uh, bodyboard technique. But no, we are back to a little microwave. We, we were both in Cornwall, weren't we? Separately again, because that's how we like to surf these days. Yeah. Separately. Yeah. Yeah. So there's enough waves for us. Now yeah, we're charging exactly. everywhere. Exactly. Liam's just as bad as me now, so we need to um, make sure we're apart. You in Morgan Porth. And um, I surfed on, I surfed Fistral Beach for the first time in my life. Well, maybe I did when I was about nine, but uh, let's not count that. Never surfed Fistral. The famous surf beach. Fistral yeah, beach. it is good. And it kind of, it works well at all tides. Yeah. And it's one of the few beaches that works really well at high tide as well in Cornwall in the southwest. But very, very frothing crowd. Oh. Because you get, you get your proper, proper locals. At real mix. Shop. And good surfers go down there. And yeah. it's a re- but like you said, it's a real mix. But you'll also get right down the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. People have come from different parts of the country who... Uh, don't see the sea. Don't see the sea and don't know, how to, don't know what to do in the sea. And, and, and that presents a wonderful challenge to the mindful surfer. Because A, we're human. Yeah. And... We're just going to want to get as many waves as you can. And you're going to want to shred and you're going to want to push it and you're going to want to really go for it. And then B, you've got this thing where, well, how safe are those people on the inside from me doing what I'm doing? And that is a very, very delicate balance to create. And I think unachievable too. They can be dangerous summer lineups, can't they? Because of that very thing. I personally, being a responsible grown up human being that I am, always surf my foamy as well in those times. I love it, as you know. I'm very, I have this affair with my uh, Mick Fanning uh, little Marley. But it's a great board, and it's a great board if you do run into trouble, and it never breaks anybody else's board. 
but it is chaos. It is chaos. And there were times of the day when it was nice and you get a little bit of space and you can surf. And then towards the end, there's a tide filled in down at the south end. Wow, it was busy. And a real, yeah, exactly that combination of longboarders who were ripping and then people, families just trying to bodyboard in the inside. It's, um, yeah. And you need to have mindfulness on all sides of that. Everybody's in there to have a good time. I suppose not get frustrated if you're the local pro ripping and there's people in your way. They're just there to have a good time. They're enjoying themselves. Same as you're trying to do. But you see all that kind of thing going on. It's a wonderful bit of human observation to go and have a look at that. But a great day. The sun was shining. The day before was in completely flat. How the wonder of nature where it goes from mill pond to, I don't know, three or four foot the next day in the afternoon. It never ceases to amaze me. Amazing thing. The evening before, we just had a little sort of getaway over on that south side of Fistral. I got the elder kids to swim the length of Fistral Beach as well, pretty much, for their, get them training for the Devon competition that starts this weekend. They did really great, but then the next day they get to surf it as well. It's an amazing place. Big up, Newquay. There you go. UK Surf City. It's one of the ones, I, I've got a few encounters from that surf that I want to share. There was actually a couple of surfs, real summer surfs, where you're dealing with big crowds, loads more people, all these kind of things, and, and variables with like lifeguards and Dover. And there's one surf I want to share. It was last week we were surfing our local and we've had lifeguards put into our local beach, which is fine. And uh, it's good that it's keeping, hopefully helping people feel safer, which I think is a really cool thing. It's also presented challenges to us as surfers, not lying. Our surf zone isn't very big anyway. And most of it's been taken up by the red and yellow flags. Mm. And uh, I don't know if, if that's the same. Red and yellow flags in Oz as well? Yeah, it's, it's, it's universal. It's universal, yeah, yeah fine. So if you listen to this abroad, you'll know the red and yellow flags very, very well. So what happened was I got in the ocean and started down the beach. And the moment I got in, I was getting whistled at to move out the red and yellow flag. So I did. And I paddled down the beach. And then I... Yeah, I saw, saw you. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's like, oh, bloody hell, Will Foster's coming. Jesus Christ, watch out. Then went down the beach. It was fine. So you guys are doing your class, which is awesome. Yeah. And I know that I'm well aware that happens on a Saturday. That's the Nipper Surf Lifesavers. The Nipper Surf Lifesaving that we have around here and started by a guy called Dave Manley, a local, great, le- local great legend. Club. And a phenomenal club. Really amazing. And I was in there and people weren't getting waves. So I was going for waves and I was kind of carving my way through the lineup. And then one of the fellow instructors mm-hmm. was saying that was scaring the kids on the inside. And so what I did was, okay, look, no big deal. And he wasn't aggressive at all. He was, he was really nice. He was fine. And I went, okay, no big deal. Cool. Inside, I was obviously frustrated because I've now been called away from the, <laughs> by the lifeguards down the beach. And now I've been called away by someone else on the bit where I can surf, the little section I can surf. So I'm then in, in a catch-22, there's nowhere I can surf. And I was like, geez, this is weird. I'm literally, I'm like, this beaches are just beaches. You should be able to just go have a surf. But I rich, literally can't surf right now. So I was like, and it, it was cool. I just took a few breaths fuck it, I'll go back down the beach again. So I went back down the beach again and it had quietened down a little bit. And I, I positioned myself literally in line with the furthest flag. I was sort of mm. like, right, am I right in line? With-? Yeah, I was. So I thought, I've got this 15-yard stretch of a right-hander. I can just make the most of it. It's, sort of, it's a neck breaker. It was breaking on about an inch of sand, but I thought, screw it, I'm going to do it. So then it gets better, right? So fuck me. This is what happens when your vibe is off, right? And it all started with the lifeguard. My vibe was off the moment he whistled at me. That was it. I got pissed off. And then things happen. So then I'm going, <laughs> I'm going down the line of this wave. And fuck me like a turtle. <sighs> popping out of the water, about a 90-year-old man stands up. Just out of nowhere in the surf zone. So he's outside the flags. Yeah. Pops up. Like from underneath the water. And I just smacked him. 
Now, it wasn't that hard. Did you? I did, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. So I did. I hit it. Oh, shit. Now, it wasn't that hard. Oh, my God. But it was enough, obviously, You're to You're going to be in the bloody local newspaper. Really, right, really annoyed. So he then got, you know, oh, surfcraft and all these things. And, and he's right, by the way. Right. I mean, I spend every Saturday morning trying to teach the kids to respect the flags wheel. So, <laughs> right. But the thing is, I was outside the flags. Yes, right. I wasn't in the... That's the whole point. So my point is, I'm outside the flags. I'm surfing into the right, into the rocks, where there's about a 30-yard stretch. Yeah. That's where he popped up. He should be, basically, in the flags. It's really interesting. When you try to add order to a beach like ours, yeah. it's tricky, isn't it? Because yeah. if you go to the bigger, let's say, more ferocious breaks around the country, but let's yeah. stay in the southwest, north coast, Devon, and the kind of coastlines of Cornwall, where lifeguards are setting up safe swimming areas because of rips and, you know, just the, the patrol area that they're able to, with the manpower they've got to keep an eye on people who are on holiday and don't know the water. But an hour beach, which is broadly in its entirety a swimming beach, isn't it? You could swim anywhere. The flags have been positioned a lot of the time in the surf zone, as you say. But what also combines that, we don't have black and white, the lifeguards here don't black and white flag the beach either for surf craft. It's just a swim zone that they're patrolling. What you then have is the situation where there's a swim zone set up, but because it's a fairly benign beach most of the time, swimmers and families choose where to swim all the way along the very long stretch of beach that there is. So it's neither an enforced go and swim between the flags kind of vibe, and nor is it, well, you can also surf. It's been quite chaotic, but it's their first season, isn't it? So uh, I have to hand on heart, it has at times been positioned slap bang in the inside of where some of our best waves might break, which is for locals, we get a taste of our own medicine. And I say this, that somebody who, as I say, gives up Saturdays and Wednesdays to coach kids on the, in the Nipper uh, Surf Lifesaving Club to respect the flags, it is a frustrating thing to have to encounter at your local. That's why you have to take a big, deep breath and be, be mindful about it. it. it it's so true. But I didn't know you'd hit an, an old gentleman. An old gentleman. Holy and, shit. And the way, the way that it transpired in the end was I had the lifeguard come over to me and say, I'm, I'm so, so sorry that I didn't see him swimming there because she's been whistling people yeah. look down. That's what transpired. I said, well, it's fine. He just popped out of nowhere. She said she hadn't been watching. Yeah. She came over and said, you know, had, you know, had a go at you, whatever. I said, yeah, we, he was annoyed. But in the end, where this story I want to go with is to finish is because it wasn't my fault. I didn't feel bad. Obviously, I don't want him to be hurt, but to feel like guilty for something that you didn't do on purpose is silly. So I just sort of went, okay, well, I don't want another human to be hurt, obviously. And he's annoyed. And I tried my absolute best to say, look, are you okay? And these things. He wasn't majorly injured. He really wasn't. He wasn't even bruised. It was like a just, just, a, fle- a, just, just a flesh a, wound. Just a six stitch, you know, yeah. like, you know, plastic but, surgery. Well, it happened to Jenny Jones, our <laughs> Olympic snowboarder. Did you see that the other day? No, no, we, no. I did sort of make reference to taking foamies into busy beaches, but she, I think, broke her nose. So somebody on a longboard hit her. Are you sure it wasn't Jenny Jones you hit? It might have been Jenny Jones. Yeah. But some, yeah, full nose smash. Yeah, what happened in the end was it was a switch in vibes. So I lay on the board. I was like, okay, I'm just going to actually gonna get waves now. Now he's actually going back to the lifeguard had spoken to us. He was then going back. In between the red and yellow flags, where he should have been bathing. I stayed put, getting these lovely little waves. And there was this guy there who just was a lovely chat guy on a sup. He just sat back down on his sup and had a similar situation to me. And he went, this is the only little bit that we can... And I went, yeah, this is the only bit we can go for. So we were both going for it on this these tiny little runners. And because the vibe had changed then, it was like, okay, now we can surf and it's fine. We found a little way of having a bit of fun here. I managed to then spot the guy again and just say, look, honestly, sincerest apologies. I'm hoping you're okay. And he was like, no, I'm all right. I think I was just a bit shocked and all this kind of stuff. These encounters we're going to have in summer waves, because they are going to happen, and it only ever happens in summer, we've got to be able to manage our vibe through it. 
And, and that's not always easy. Yeah. Because we want to be able to say, well, there's surf there. Let's just surf. It isn't as simple as that in summer. No. And it makes it tricky because it's so inviting because it's sunny and it's warmer and it's all those good things. But that's why it's crowded. So in life, there's duality everywhere you go. Middle of winter when it's absolutely pumping and it's ferocious and it's freezing and whatever yeah. else. There's no one in sight and, and you get it to yourself, but you then got to deal with the elements and, and all those things and shorter days. And so in life, there's always that give and take, isn't there? Absolutely. There's, there's, there's always the give and take. And it's one of those ones where I think for me, that lessons I learned from that situation were one, be kind to yourself mm. because you're a surfer. You want to get waves. You're bound to get frustrated. It's just okay. And then two, be able to still have hopefully enough humility in you to like really kind of check in with people and make sure they're all right and all these things. And I felt like I did, especially in your uh, Pip, who we mentioned on the show, mm. who you were, again, she's one of the other helpers on the mm. uh, nippers. She was really good too. So mm. shout out to Pip as well if, if she's listening or Thierry is listening because yeah. um, you were both lovely and, and said, look, we, un- we understand why yeah. you'd be frustrated and yeah. all these things. And they were really nice. And I'll tell you what they do. Great people. Kneeboards. Well, the rescue Talk boards. to me about the hypocrisy. Have you been on a kneeboard 50 yards out of your face? Well, I think we just have to put this in context. We're, we're, we're teaching the kids how to use no, rescue boards to enter and leave the surf often with I know, uh, re- I know, a rescue. I know. They're, they're, but they do catch waves. They are incredible. Amazing. I must admit, the new ones, the, the Benny, anybody who's used these, I know all the kind of They've been bought, I think, by RNLI for a lot of the Southwest lifeguards, certainly. But those new Bennett surf rescue boards are amazing. They're so floaty and big. You can out go, paddle I think, everybody. I think them. further than a stand-up paddle. Oh, completely. Way further. Yeah. They're about seven inches thick. Like, yeah, six, yeah. They're, they're, so they're beyond thick. They're not surfboard thick. They're just thick, like a canoe thick almost, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, there's enough of us. The way they're shaped, there's enough of a rail to kind of ride along along the wave. I think they're, all, they're Australian-made, I think. And... um they are fantastic. They're very hard to control at the beginning, you know, at the beginning, but they're a blast. And um, it's no hardship when you get a little bit surf to kind of go out there with the kids and roll through. What we don't want is people on, uh, on longboards cutting through the, the little ones as they're learning. There you go. There you go. But can well, I this, just... <laughs> it's actually really good because on my end, I'm going, Liam's like doing what the stand-up banner's doing. Yeah. And, Will, and he's going, Will, you shouldn't be doing that. Did you think what I was doing? Is that not the right thing to do? I think you've got to be mindful of the fact that there's 30 kids learning to, and at different levels, at that time in the morning, they are the youngest kids. You know, one of my colleagues on the beach there probably said the right thing because they are nervous. They're just getting used to surfing. and uh, Well, not surfing. They're they're using nipper boards, which is a sort of junior rescue board. So, yeah, you you can't really surf through through them, I would say. That would be irresponsible. I I would have probably blown my whistle at you as well. Fine. What would you do then if you were in that situation yourself? What would you have done in terms of surf? You wanted to go for a surf. What would you have done? It's a really tricky one because I'm not surf. I'm asking genuinely. Yeah, absolutely. I think in those situations, not surf or 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 get a a, get like a a real proper baby for me because I think they like a soft a soft top. Yeah, and in fact, I think I believe this is true. Right in, if not lifeguards, but um, if you take your fins out of a softboard, you can surf that pretty much in the. Uh, swim flags oh, between in, the swim flags. So in yeah. terms of rules, it's funny with foamies you say that because I also have seen more injuries from foamies yeah. than I have from any other board of late. Yeah. There's a Ben Gravy yeah. video that he's riding his foamy yeah. that he sells yeah. and he puts six stitches into his foot from the soft fin. Ouch. All right. Okay. And then there was another one where I saw an injury that someone had 
from some it wasn't the one you were mentioning mm. and again it had been ironically yeah. from a foamy yeah and so i kind of think to myself well Foamies have still got the human on board. Oh, and there's still huge lumps of plastic. So are. I don't know if you're going to be able to... I mean, I still think a hard sup is probably yeah. the worst. And they're but, the things that you see the most horrendous examples of people... Char- That's what I have a big problem with, is people charging through... And I try and be a mindful human. But anybody you, as any, knows me, charging through a lineup mm-hmm. of any sort, but certainly a summer lineup on a hard sup, yeah. is just... What, you, what, what are you doing? Because you, you can paddle for miles on that way. You yeah, find yeah, somewhere yeah, else yeah, to go yeah, and yeah, take yeah, that yeah. board. Yeah, it, hard fins, it's still a board, isn't it? It's going to hit you. Yeah. The question is, and, and this is, we never do sort of like shoulds and coulds, but maybe we put this as a question on Instagram because we've never, we haven't quite done that before properly yet, have we, on, on stories, but say, should there be some sort of licensing thing for hard boards, especially mm. in the summer? So, you know, you have to have a certain experience level before you get on uh, yeah. a hard yeah. board. Yeah. It's the most dangerous stuff, I think, and it, this includes kids as well. People on, you know, pointy short boards who can't direct. Yeah. Thankfully, they're not really the ones catching the waves. No. Anyway, so I know what you mean. But it, yeah, I think, listen, it could happen. I think what's interesting with surfing is it's like it's a really spiritual activity, but it still has to enter into the real world. And it's full of awkwardness. Yeah. And there's just people and there's yeah. opinions and mm. ideas and rules and and there's a lot of bullshit yeah that also gets into that mixture of the yeah. simplicity and spirituality and of it and mm-hmm. ego obviously so ego probably been the biggest one yeah and that's why you've just got to know yourself enough to know what your triggers are know how your breathing is mm-hmm. where your mind's at and be able to let things go because shit in summer it's well it's you're just dealing with you just got to deal with so many different everything. ideas <laughs> yeah. so but it's over summer's gone yeah it's it's, it's we had done. our final fling didn't we there you go. The summer romance is over. It is over. We did that last week as well. We had a ch- chat about our little break. Then we both, that's why the show was out on Tuesday, because we were both away for a long day in Cornwall to squeeze the last out of the sunshine as the swell arrived. But hopefully now, as the weather changes, and although this storm that's predicted hasn't blown in yet, it's kind of coming, isn't it? The swells, the autumn swells are definitely coming back. There you go. And there long, you go. long may that continue. Absolutely, man. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Tip number two, The Mindful Surfer. Just a couple of moments, check in with your breathing and raise your awareness. So take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And take a breath in. And really notice the air as you breathe out. Two more breaths. Hold your breath at the top of the breath on this next one. And really notice what you can see around you, what you can feel around you. Take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out slowly. And last deep breath in through your nose. Hold your breath at the top. See what you can see. Hear what you can hear. And then breathe out. 
Good work, guys. Well done. Moving on. Segment number three. Liam and I have had this thing recently where we've had loads of chunks that we want to share from Mind Body Stoke, but we tend to run out of time towards the end. So we're going to really cover these these today. Mind and body for both of us. For me, mind. Boogie board. Spontaneity. So went to a beach nearby to home that's not renowned for waves uh, at all. And was just with the family, my wife, lovely afternoon picnic, divine, really divine. And I was noticing this incredible shore dump and I had my daughter's board. I thought, screw it, let's just jump in and see if I can grab a couple of waves. And then this set wave came. It was only about two foot, but it was breaking so perfectly onto the stones and sand. There was a proper one, maybe two second, just full tube. It must be one of the surfs of my life. I just was frothing. I put a little bit on Instagram I got loads of footage, like of slow-mo footage that we were taking. And it gave me a real insight into if you can let go of the ego, and that's the biggest one here, that says, I am a, insert what you will, and find a way to adapt to your environment, change the equipment, seek a new opportunity so that you can, well, for example, based on the conversations we were just having, based on, let's say, summer waves, choose a different craft or different idea or if the circumstances aren't presenting you with what you need to be that surfer and it's being able to be adaptable is incredibly important as a surfer because you will find yourself whether it's through injury whether it's through crowded lineups whether it's through lack of time or fitness or whatever it might be you're going to find yourself not being able to just do your shortboard thing and that's going to happen and being able to develop a foamy vibe a longboard vibe body surf boogie board go swimming, get in the ocean, whatever it might be, just being able to be adaptable is very, very important. But I would be the first to admit that it's not been my strong point for most of my 20s at all, because I definitely built up this ego that said, you know, I surf and that's what I do. It's a mental fix that it has. And that rigidity softens as the years roll on more and more, because you start going, I started this because it was enjoyable. So why am I not constantly thinking outside the box? Well, part of the reason for that is, because there is a huge amount of joy, if not the most of the joy, in the progress of the journey itself anyway. So sticking to the, that craft that you love and that style that you love and that approach that you love it is very, very important for joy. Mm. Because in order to reach a flow experience, you need to up, build up enough skill level to get the most from it. So there's, there is that. And that's why we stick to our idea. It's a very, very important thing that. The downside of that is, because everything has it now, so the downside of that is, is that, it, of course, it can hold you back as well it can start to stop you from achieving flow. Because when the waves and situations aren't presenting themselves to you to be able to achieve flow, you've got to think outside the box. Yeah. And there needs to be some new approach. And we're seeing this now a lot in the world of surf with boogie boarding and body surfing in particular. Yeah. We saw it with foamies. We've been there, done that with foamies now. I think most people are pretty aware that a foamy is, is incredible fun. Yeah. But not so much the laying prone stuff. And the body, so it's the body surf, the belly board and the boogie yes. board. And just being able to go, oh, fuck it, I'll just, there's a shore dump, I'll just grab that. But you're getting barreled, aren't you? Getting absolutely as, um, shacked. As the guys at fringe surfing say, it's always overhead when you're lying down. And uh, it is, isn't it? You don't have to worry about the size of the surf. Because most of the time, if there's a wave to surf prone on, you're going to be getting, getting tube, mate. Tubed. Totally. I've had to really kind of take my own advice at the very beginning of this sort of mindful surfing stuff. Whereas as I get more into the surfing bit, you're like, oh, I want to go surf. I want to surf. I'm not going to. And I've got a belly board now, and I, but I've had to really force myself to go back. And again, over this summertime, take time with the kids, go and swim with them and body surf with them. 
And at first I have to check myself. So I'm like, I want to just get in and surf. Let me have an hour and I'll come back. And just letting it go and saying, no, actually, I'm going to go in and I'm going to either watch them surf and have a good time and I'll sit and I'll swim in the water with them or get in and, and do like, you know, everybody's having a body surf. And once you do it, you feel amazing. But you have to override that first bit of, I'm missing out. Yeah, I can see yeah. waves and I'm going to body totally. surf. Totally. You've definitely, I think, built up more experience with that. The kids, the age yeah. that they are for you and also them wanting to go in the ocean. I haven't yeah. gone to that level yet. They're not interested at all. So yeah. I can keep it very separate. Yes. And I'm sure that I know I'm going to have to, if they get into the ocean, get into this like, oh shit, well, I'm not going to watch them and, yeah. or be with them or yeah. be sit further on the inside or yeah. I don't know, whatever else. The quicker we can adapt as we age into how we view our surfing life, the better. And body surfing has to be right up there. Just having that little hand plane in your hands and just being able to quickly nip one, get that glide and then just carry on swimming around. It's just an absolutely amazing thing. When I lived in Sydney, I was playing rugby over there and we had this flat that was about a hundred yards from the beach. I just used to look at the surf and go, wow, that's cool. That's no big deal. But just because I wasn't a surfer then at all, but we would go swimming and eventually we evolved onto body surfing. Same. And I definitely got more barreled then than, than in my whole life and had incredible fun. In fact, I almost broke my neck a few times because it's a the shore break, huge yeah. shore break there. Shore breaks are great like that. I think as soon as it starts really throwing and dumping, just start thinking outside the box. Right, what can I do? I love it. I mean, I did the same in Sydney. I, in Manly, I didn't surf then. So I actually spent most of my time there before I even got into the surfing. Uh, yeah, belly boarding or body surfing. And it was immense. Did you wear fins there? Did you do it properly? No, just no, did no. it as a... I did the same. Just jumped yeah. in kind of thing. That's it. Yeah, it's brilliant. I had a much bigger belly as well at the time, so I was absolutely <laughs> fine. It was full of, full of VB. Vitamin... Well, the, the v, VB beer. Victoria oh, VB beer. I think it's a vitamin B. Or rather VB. in... Um, what was the other thing? I forget. The other beer that I was drinking out there in the little stubbies, but fantastic stuff. Great times. Claire, what's the other beer? You've got VB. You've got... We're not saying Frosters. The green one. It's pale ale. Coopers. Coopers, yeah. Coopers. That is a the Coopers Town. It is. Beer. You can get it in England, but it's amazing yeah. that bit. I it's lived next to a Coopers flight. Town pub the second time around in Sydney. Oh, did you? In Newtown. What a place. That's fucking that's good beer. Spent a lot is. of my hard earned dollars in that place. Very nice. Yeah. Big love out to our Australian friends. Yeah, big time. I know they're having a rough time. It's, uh, hope all's good out there. Dude, on mind. Anything you want to? I think exactly that. You know, it's getting to a beach with a family. It's surfing. Because summer holidays and the kids being away off school, you take the family to the beach. And so you get there and we said many a time how quickly we want to be in the sea. You know, you get to the car park, you're already looking at the waves, you're pretty much suited and ready to roll as quick as you can be. But there's an exercise in patience and mindfulness where you say, I need to help the family and I need to make sure that kids are having a good time first. And I'll, I'll delay my gratification of surf until later. But God, that takes a lot of work, especially if the waves are good. That's been the mind work on, in fact, for me, is trying to kind of not feel that I'm missing out on surf, that it's going to be to take my own advice. And I think that carries all the way through to the summer vibes of, you know, this show is a lot about wellness, nutrition, increasing metabolic health, making sure that we're primed and at our best, whatever age you are, to surf as well as you can and to feel better and to have this kind of thriving approach rather than surviving approach. You're constantly looking to feel better and to, you know, whatever your definition of perform better is, you're at your best. So you're improving against yourself every day and every week and every month and year on year, even as you age. Sometimes the summertime is one of those times where you also have to forgive yourself a little bit for letting it out. 
between family holidays, diet slipping. And for me, regular listeners will know my Achilles heel is enjoying a cold beer. As I was just referencing the Cooperstown Brewery, you know, that stuff is nectar in the summer to me. But you have to be honest, it sometimes impacts then on your uh, overall well-being. So it's returning a bit to balance. You know, we, that kind of Taoist thing of order and chaos. And if you're too much in chaos, then life starts to get a bit sort of, it's not fun anymore, you know, and you kind of enter a little bit into a chaotic zone in the summer and it's great for a bit. And then as part of the mindful project, you go, okay, I think I need to just swim back a little bit to that center line now, not go into too much order, but it's a time to reset, isn't it? For the sort of autumn months and mm-hmm. get back into, cause we're going to have some paddle battles. How can I get fit for some of the better surf that comes along? So that's really my work. But it sort of starts to then, it goes from a mindset thing, then into a body thing. But it starts with mind, I think. So that's where I'm at with it. It definitely does. What's your overriding symptom? Not in a strong way, like, oh, it's definitely just a headache the next day. Like, what is your overarching symptom of when your diet, lifestyle bit starts to slip? How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I have to caveat that it's not been as bad as it would have been years ago. No, 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 no. So that very much was fog, sluggishness, you know. Because of consumption. You yeah, mean, sheer, yeah, sheer, yeah, sheer, low, like sort of pints pints. interrupting your sleep patterns and your uh, waking, you know, it really kind of torpedoes your circadian rhythm, doesn't it, as well, when you're mm. kind of getting to too much of that hedonistic life. And hey, it's a lot of fun when it's happening. But now there's little traces of that. So yeah, you go too hard for too long mm. and you start to feel a little bit slower in mind and body. So there's a sort of fog that descends a little bit. And you're not moving as fluently. Everything's a little bit more of a struggle as well. Combine that with aging and it's even more pronounced. So it's just where you kind of start to come back to the center and say, okay, I'll have a break for that. And everything in balance and moderation. It's not about giving everything up. I think still one of the greatest things recently that's helped avoid that, and this is quite an interesting one, even as you dial into some of the summer summer vibes for drinking and barbecues and later nights and all of that stuff, is removing almost all of the processed stuff, including those kind of uh, seed oils that we talked about, just generally kind of stuff that is a long way away from what the whole food was, I think helps massively, even when you are not burning the candle at both, and it's not rock and roll anymore, but it's just you're adding in some really good hefty summer beers and good times. You don't feel as sluggish if you're making sure that your choices of what you ingest is better. You know, my sort of ultimate defense is beer is still on the whole food spectrum as far as I'm concerned. It's the natural ingredients that go into it. It's nowhere near where it was, but I can feel it creeping up because then it's easier to miss things like training, isn't it? If you start to get a little bit lazy or you you go down the chaos path, it's easy to make excuses. And the more excuses you make, the more you then hang on to the things that are giving you, like any drug, a good time. You keep hold of that more than, than you would otherwise. And it's going back into the drug that is surfing and saying, okay, how do I get the most out of this? And for that, it's about nutrition, good fitness, great sleep. Sleep's huge, isn't it? Rising and falling with the the light and the sun. Very nice, dude. For me, with nutrition, when I take the piss, there's a fascinating, very obvious, complete denial Mm. that I feel initially that... Oh no, I'm okay and I'm totally fine. I'm in my I'm in my prime right now. I feel completely well and da 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 da. And then a few days pass or a day passes where I've eaten much much better that evening or whatever and better the next day. I then go, ah, oh, yeah, I felt like that. Yeah, and I performed like that and I looked like that. Because hindsight, 
is our learning tool. Like there's no way of knowing at the time really, and this is really obvious, like yourself, like you were saying, like, you know, and I used to do it a lot where I would uh, sugar binge. Yeah. Less on booze. When I, in my rugby days, I used to get absolutely hammered. Yeah. And that was, again, just so, so obvious that you're going to feel like death the next yeah. day. But we're talking about the more kind of uh, what we call insidious buildup of like a bathtub, drip, drip. Yeah. You know, filling up, so to speak, yeah. of a few crisps here, a bit of extra hummus there, a few more beers there, a few more sweets there, bits of cake. And it all just sort of filters, filters, filters. And it starts coming in. And you're like, nah, it's cool. You know, it's cool. It's cool. I've got it. I've got it. And then when you stop doing it because you realize you're getting tubby or that you're starting to feel a bit moody yeah. in the day or whatever it might be, your sort of subtle symptom, you then have a few days of, of really clean stuff and clean living. And you go, ah, oh, I didn't feel as good as I thought I did yep. during the day. It was suboptimal. It wasn't my, my top. And the question then becomes, is it realistic? Is it possible to feel at your top every single day as a surfer and surf at your best? Every single surf. And the answer, I think, is no. And it's a pretty obvious no. Mm. Life's life and we're going to want to have fun and we're going to have things happen and we're going to lose sleep and we're going to get injured. All the Life happens. So we're going to be realistic. But I think also there's a line as well. Mm. And like you said, the order and chaos line. And I like the philosophy, and we discussed this before on the show, and I've mentioned this in my book, which is allow good to be good enough. There's no such thing as perfect. But just aim for the good. Do you feel good enough? Is your diet good enough? Are you uh, managing your alcohol consumption to a good enough level? All these kinds of things. Because I think perfect is it's ephemeral, shall we say. It's not necessarily something we can achieve. It's always going to be ahead of you, perfection. It, it doesn't necessarily It exist. is the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Yeah. And you're never going to get there. You're chasing, yeah. chasing. You know my William Finnegan quote about surfers having a perfection fetish. It's all in there, isn't it? And if you've got a perfection fetish, you will never be satisfied. 100%. Yeah. I want to share something on body, which is the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, two or three weeks. I was on holiday and I was doing it there. And then since then coming back up, I've done more of it. And it's core training, just up in the core training, because I've realized it's gotten a little slack. And I'm talking, I'm talking about isolating it. So as you and I have discussed many times in the show, we're big fans of functional training. That's what I teach people yeah. how to do. And it's all about how to use your body in optimal function. So bending, moving, squatting, twisting to your highest uh, ability. Recruiting glutes, reducing strain, improving power and coordination, yada, yada. It's always generally whole body in its nature because what you're trying to do is create exercises that mimic life, that yeah. are life uh, orientated so that you can go into the surf mm. and literally be a better surfer based on the movements you just did in the gym. Like it is a perfect transfer. There's also another world out there of isolation training. So you, let's say, for example, have weak triceps, you isolate them. You maybe have weak calves, you isolate them. So whatever it might be. Now, listen, in order to know where you're weak, you need to have a, a good body awareness. So that's the first thing. Be aware of your body. What it is, is you need that body awareness. You need to be aware first to know where you might be weak and then explore the possibility of isolating that muscle group. Now, it's a very unsurfery thing to do because it has its roots in bodybuilding, isolation training, which is the absolute antithesis. Yeah. Of the surfer, that surfers for fitness is all about health, it's well-being, it's holistic in nature, it's about yoga, Pilates, you name it. It only ever goes as far as kettlebells when it comes to the resistance work as well. Because mm. we don't see Mick Fanning posting pictures of him doing like 12 rounds of deadlifts and then bicep curls at the end. It's not the kind of thing you see. Mm. It's, it's not a surfy thing to build muscle like that and build strength. But the thing is, because you're conditioning your body, it's got huge merit. 
people are really missing out occasionally by not switching up the training and isolating muscle groups because it gives you a huge boost in that area. So I have a very tilted lower back, which means my lower abdominals are generally always pretty weak. Yeah. Now, for someone else, I might have a very flat lumbar. Now, yours is an interesting one because we're opposite in this way. You have quite a flat lumbar, but an incredibly strong set of abdominals. So for your, you and your training, it's getting your glutes and lower back to fire up as your isolation work. For someone like me, that's already very, very strong from rugby. So where I need that work is abs, it's yeah. lower abs. And I've been doing loads of leg lifts yeah. and Olympic rings. You hold the rings and you put your legs out horizontally. I'm nowhere near even close to be able to do the, the horizontal. Oh, yeah. The crucifix with yeah. the arms. That's level Impressive. of strength that gymnast guys have. It's out of this stratosphere. But I can hold and I can hold with the legs out. And I'm doing just more of it, trying to do it each day. It's had a really interesting impact. Yeah. I've got almost zero stiffness in my lower back in the mornings and i always stretch my lower back in the mornings religiously especially before surf i cannot surf that's how stiff my my back is in the mornings i have to it's about 15 minutes of yeah. stretching i'm not getting that in the mornings i'm so that's great so this insight is very much just about you know get to know your own body and don't be shy of basically getting an arnie schwarzenegger pump on an area that you think might need a bit of strength oh, i'm such a fan of that because that's exactly you just identified for my surfing particularly as well you know, post back break, my legs have just turned to pencils. The last two years, I've been trying my best to improve lower back, glute, hamstring, calf, ankle strength. That's everything. And as you know, last few shows we've talked about kettlebells. I've become addicted to because almost deadlifting with kettlebells, glute and swing, the kettlebell swing, all of that stuff in terms of its functional, explosive power and strength and balance that then works the legs as well. Ah, I'm just in love with it. I think it's a great way to work out. Really cool. And you've done so well on that. And it takes so much discipline and motivation to do these things. And you've got to sometimes give yourself that chance to be yeah. human too, you know, where we feel a bit demotivated and yeah. a bit de-energized and we're finding it hard. Yeah. Because the things that we're weak at, we're going to find hard. <laughs> but the other side of that hardness is, I could have turned that into a joke, but I didn't want it. Good. The other side <laughs> of the hardness is, the gains. And the thing is with it, I've got to mention something. There's a very, very famous, before we can finish on this one, very, very famous strength coach, possibly the most of all time. He has the most gold medal winners of any strength coach in history that I know of, has the most publications of any strength coach. So this guy is uber famous in my world and has helped a lot of surfers. And he's helped anyone in the world. Anyone who's ever done any program, you can absolutely guarantee it's got its roots mm. in this guy called Charles Poliquin. Okay, yeah. He would have had his hand in that program, yeah. okay? He actually passed away uh, recently, a couple of years ago, but he had this interview. I always remember it. And it was on a podcast and it always stuck with me. And this guy asked this great question. It was, Charles, if you're helping athletes, what is the one exercise that you would recommend they do? Just one, if they were just going to do one type of training for what they do. He said, well, I can't answer that straight away. I need to know what their spine shape is. So they, he said, right, uh, one's got a flat back. So what we call a flatter lumbar, which is very, very common. And one's got a curved lumbar, what we call lordosis. So you've got this flat one and the one where the bum sticks out, okay? He said, if that's the case, flat lumbar, lower back extensions every single day. And if you've got a curved lower back, lower abdominals. Just do that. Because as soon as your body is more in alignment through the spine, you are the highest athlete you can be. You're the best athlete you can be. That always stuck stuck with me. And I remember having that in my head for my training, but the training I have with clients too. The thing with it, it's amazing how it works though. Habits. I just hadn't been in the habit of working my core, 
of doing the Olympic rings, of holding my legs in the air. I just hadn't been in that habit for... And the reason why? Fucking dead truth. Super difficult. So hard. I'm on week three now and I've been doing them every day and I'm, it's getting way better. Yeah. And I'm now finding a flow with and rhythm with it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Because... It's not so bullshit hard. It's, it's, I'm just getting over that hump. You've got to get through that. Well, a couple of points there on exactly that. Firstly, is that comes back to that concept of order and chaos again. Because if your body's weak in one area and strong in the other, and it's, it's imbalanced, if it's imbalanced, one side is in order, one side is in chaos. So it is bringing it back to the center, isn't it? And centering and balancing. When it comes to functional fitness, the one thing I've learned over the last few years is it's about balancing the body out. And having a really been centered in your body so that it can do all of the things that you needed to do with no weaknesses in any area. And, the, and where you have those weaknesses, as you say, you train them. The other thing is very much about making sure that you go through what is some degree of discomfort. It won't be structural pain, otherwise you should stop. But in terms of discomfort and it's unpleasant, you don't want to do it. The motivation is not there at first. Is exactly then how you also achieve flow. It's like surfing. So there is a pain barrier through which you must push in order to get the elation and the enjoyment. And exactly that. I hated it. Yeah, you know, I still have to look sometimes at the legwork and think, oh, no, no, no. But once you start doing it and when you make gains, on the other side is a really, really intensely rewarding feeling. And that also comes bizarrely. And I'm sure, you know, pain comes and goes. For me, my pain was at its worst when I was weakest. And so the stronger you get, when you have a structural issue in your body, the, strength, the more you strengthen all of the joints, the fibers, the sinews, the fascia, the muscles around those bits that have been impacted, the better you feel. But it takes good coaching from somebody who's got your best interest and knows what they're doing. And it takes, on your own part, some pretty hard chats and motivation to get going because it's way easier to open the fridge, drink a beer, and that pain goes away then but it compounds it the next day. Tarkoz, man. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, there we go. Nice one, guys. Anything on body? No, nothing really. I'm, it's just all about, for me, keep exactly that training the weakness still. There keep go. going. I must mention before we move on, because it sort of doesn't quite fit into surf media, but it's, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but it fits very nicely with what we've been talking about, functional fitness. I The day we went, travelled down to uh, Fistral and stayed down there, we stopped off at this place called the Adrenaline Quarry. It's a complex near Launceston and it's, I think there's a few of them around the country and it has, you know, zip wires and go-karting. But they've also built this sort of aqua assault course in the middle of this disused quarry. All these inflatables and, you know, you've got uh, bars to climb and slides to go down and things to jump off. But it requires, if you want to get the best out of it, and kids are great at this because they've got functional, it's innate in them, isn't it? Functional climbing and jumping and we watch them move and they move very instinctively. But watching the adults move on this is very interesting. And you start to see the reward or you get the rewards from some of the work because, you know, we've been putting it into surfing. But when you then go to one of these fun places where you've got to climb and jump and slip and slide and all of that sort of thing, the fitter you are functionally from a balanced perspective, the more you get out of it. But great doubt, if anybody's down there, go and check it out. It's called the Adrenaline Quarry. I think it closes in October. But what a day out that is, especially with the kids. I don't know what age they would start, five or six in there. Great fun. Very, very good. An hour of just jumping and climbing in, in a great big lake, basically. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, Put cool. a link to it in the notes. That kind of thing just highlights how we don't need anywhere near as much as we thought we needed to have joy. No. Just a lake and a yeah. rock to jump off. Yeah. And now you're away. Yeah. It's great. great. And for kids who have this world around of information yeah. and technology, 
And yes, there's actual happiness in that. Of course there is. But of course, as we know, once you connect to nature and to, you know, and expand all of your senses, you feel, you smell, your sight, your internal, your kinesiology, everything. When you get all that and you're in this vibration of nature, you see people really feel happy, like really deeply happy, contented. It's exactly that. it's nature that. that does that, isn't it? Nature and play. Mm-hmm. And what's good is everybody's on a level playing for it. You, you see adults, because the kids are having a great time anyway. Kids have a great time. They're here to have a good time. We forget about it a little bit as adults. So to go to one of these places and to see adults in that play state, dropping any ego barriers or whatever it might be, because they're just having a good time. And, and to hear people laughing and just making fools of themselves for the hell of it. Brilliant, brilliant to see. A brilliant vibes. So, well, people who have the imagination and a bit of like drive to create these things for people to go to. Yeah, it's amazing. Loved it. A great time. Very, very cool, dude. Very cool indeed. Um, moving on, segment number four, Surf Media Insight. Anything you want to share on Surf Media? Absolutely got a Surf Media one to share with you. So there's a few things, actually. I was checking out, if you get the chance, because I know we reference a lot of international surfers here from all over the world, but Seb Smart, if you watch some of his surfing, I think Vans sponsor him now. Him and his brother, I think Rambo Smart, I think their brothers live down in Senan, both great surfers. To watch him surfing is incredible he's really he's got a few vans videos out on youtube and you watch him on follow him on social media really really good surfer so i just wanted to say well we keep it local keep it close to home the one thing i did see that did bring the international vibe into it was icons of surf that was part it's part of the w they do it on the wsl tour and if you go to the wsl youtube channel and do icons of surf it's basically taking some of the surfers who are on the tour and giving them boards from different eras and getting to do a free surf with it. So uh, I think you had like Caroline Marks surfing the Jerry Lopez single fin pipeline model. There's the Wrights surfing like um, the boards that Andy Irons made famous. It's just got everything. If you love surfboards and free surf and just seeing people have fun outside of the comps. And actually, I would rather it in a way that that was the competition rather than the big WSL stuff, you know, I enjoyed watching that more. And Chris Cote is sort of commentating on it and Strider's out there in the sea with people. But, you know, it's really good. Steph Gilmore surfs in this twin fin. It's just epic. It's really, really good to what's, see. What's that again, dude? Just so it's Icons of Surf. Icons it's the, of Surf. I think it's sponsored by Quicksilver and it's on the WSL channel. Really Super. cool. Super. I'll check that out tonight. I'd love to watch that. You've got to see it. I forgot to talk to you about it, actually, and you will love it. Got dude. to see yeah. that. Icons of Surf. Before we go, I just want to mention something about surf fitness. Now, I run a fitness studio in Sidmouth in our hometown, and we are full up on Wednesday nights for Surf Fit. It's a class for surf fitness I've been running for a couple of years. Liam's been uh, a very loyal attendee to the class. I am potentially going to open up some spaces to the Monday night class as well. It will start at 6 p.m., and if you live in the south East Devony type of area or Dorset border, sort of Lyme Regis way, etc. And you want to come and have a bit of a, a blast getting definitely fitter get in and there, stronger, yeah. more mobile for your surfing to improve your surfing, then just hit us up on, on Instagram. Get send on us, in. Send us a little DM and get in the gym. Yeah, fantastic. So, guys, thanks so much for having us. and uh, Nice to be back, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. There you go. Cheers, guys. Bye.